2: Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. And I got to tell you, this is some of the best news that I've gotten in a really long time. I was talking to one of our folks, Jessica, and um, we were talking about her idea, uh, which is to buy a home. And she was telling me about what it's like in today's world if you're a first-time buyer and off you go to buy a home. Very different than when I bought my first home. But guess what? We're going to take the mystery out of this, and we've got some great news to share with all of you from A.J. Barkley, SVP, Neighborhood Lending Executive at Bank of America, because what is happening right here, right now, being shared with you, I don't think I've ever heard about it before. Grants to make home homeownership more affordable. That means you could read, uh, receive as much as $17,000 to help you purchase a home. Those of you out there that are thinking, I've never owned a home. I would love to buy a home. AJ, thank you for joining me here today.
3: Thank you so much. And you're right. I mean, I think that people are every day struggling with, how do I get a home? How do I get in a home? And what we found, you mentioned it, um, is that there's really two barriers to home ownership And the grants that we're talking about in delivering for our clients and the communities we serve Address it directly, which is closing costs up to $7,500 in closing cost assistance and down payment uh, assistance, 3% of your down payment up to $10,000. So you're right, over $17,000 of non repayable funds for homeowners
2: and And so
3: many people can afford the homes they just can't afford that that larger payment amount
2: yeah and you know what this is really a game changer for people because if you talk to folks like like I did with one of the folks that works here uh, you really nailed it it's not that they don't go out and they look for homes and they find them and they know what to look for It's just that when they sit down and they figure out this is what it really costs, they have to go back to the drawing board. How did, what was it that prompted you all to come up with this?
3: We spent time in the communities we serve and we talked to community leaders. We talked to clients. We talked to prospective clients that are well qualified to get a home in terms of credit and, you know, all of that. Um, And said, what do you need? What are the barriers? What would you like the power to do when they This is their suggestion. And we knew this, you know, ourselves, that these were the barriers. And we're just excited to have the solution uh, for clients because we're trying to build sustainable home ownership. Mm -hmm. And so it's not only just the down payment grant and the closing costs, we also have some uh, specific coaching and support in terms of better money habits that are part of this program. And also um, we have uh, enhanced our affordable lending product solutions to include mortgage products as less – with down payments as as less as uh, 3%. Um so when, it's pretty exciting.
2: It's very exciting. And one of the things I also wanted to talk with you about is, and I have to say this again, no repayment. So can you talk about that part? Because this is a grant program. So no repayment, right? It is. Okay.
3: No repayment. No repayment. And that is extremely important because there are programs out there um, that do have repayment. Ours does not have a repayment, and we'll be very clear around there's no repayment. And I think that's what people are like, this sounds too good to be true. Huh. So we do want to make sure that you do talk to our lending specialist. You can do that on the phone. You can go physically in a financial center or our website so you can learn more around your house that you're thinking about getting, where it is, and all of the eligibility uh, criteria, which I, you know, can't speak to every loan, but that is what we want you to do because it is no zero repayment on the America's Home Grant and the Down Payment Grant, both a proprietary Bank of America solution.
2: Yeah. I mean, part of what we're talking about, and really this is a situation if you live in the in the area that I'm talking about where we live here, um, one of the things we find is we live in one of the highest rent-paying cities in the United States. I mean, that's the latest information about rent, really, what you rent. And so, a lot of times, when you take a look at what somebody's paying to rent, it is either equal to or more than a mortgage payment right now with the interest rates. And more importantly, they don't get to deduct any of that off of their taxes. I mean, isn't this one of the best times that you've seen to really jump into this?
3: Absolutely, and you're and you're right. There are a lot of times the mortgage payment is less than the rental payment. Yep. And the other thing about rent is you're not actually building wealth. Um, when you purchase a home, home ownership help is the means or one of the means to start to build wealth. As you think about, you build equity in your home over a period of time. You didn't have access to funds because a home is an asset. And so it does have like large impacts, positive impacts. And the other thing that we know that we've seen. It also this emotional um, well-being because now you, um, there's a pride in home ownership. You ch- your hobbies change. You know, can bring your family in. You actually save money mm-hmm. because you, you, you want to barbecue. You want to hang out with your family. There's independence that you have to paint a wall orange, green, or blue, whatever you want to do. So it's like this whole emotional piece of home ownership as well, as well as the financial wealth, um, build, building financial wealth.
2: Um, uh, what would you say, uh, it, it, first of all, I, I've got to ask you how people can find out more, because I want to make sure we give them a way to to either look something up or apply for something. What? How do they go about that?
3: Yes, it's. A, I'll give you the site, the website, and I'll give a phone number for questions as well. But it's www.bankofamerica.com forward slash homeowner and then the phone number if you want to call is 1-800-763-4820 and then you could always go into one of our financial centers to speak to one of our teammates and we'd be delighted to assist you to answer questions but everything is on the website as well you can just tips for home ownership when I get started. So there's a lot of information that you can use and and peruse at your your pleasure, at your time frame. But, yeah, we are available multiple ways to speak to clients.
2: Uh, One of the things I want to ask you about, and, uh, again, this is unique to Bank of America, I want to just go over it with you, is you have something else you're doing through October 31st. And I believe what you're doing is you're waiving one of the origination fees. Is that correct?
3: Yes, the lender origination fee is waived through October 31st. And so those people that are actually right now uh, searching a home and looking for a home, they also get that benefit. Mm-hmm. And so that's an additional um, savings. And again, it's not repayable. It's, it's, it's the savings um, right now for you. You know, And we're doing this during the midst of what is heavy purchases. And so we're hoping that lots of clients take yeah. advantage of the opportunity.
2: Well, and the other part of this that's going on is the reduction in interest rates, too. I mean, when I think about this and I think about the time, you know, the hardest part about buying a home for a lot of people right now is they need to find the time to look. But now there's so much that we can do online. Let's talk about a couple of things, tools, resources. What is it that you've made available? Because this is a daunting experience for a lot of people. What is available to help them?
3: It's a daunting, it is daunting, and it's lots of information. On the, the www.bankofamerica.com backslash, or forward slash, excuse me, homeowner, there are resources that tell you. We even have a way that you can actually start to look for homes from your, from your own house, right? Yeah. And so we can help you with that. We help you with how to calculate and, and know if you're prepared or what do you really need for a home. So all of those tools and resources in a very convenient place for people if they want to do it in their own leisure. The other thing is, if you you want to call, you can just look. You don't have to know the answers. I think that's the other piece. You just need to pick up the phone, go online, or go visit in one of our um, lending specialists, our teammates, and say, "Help, I'm thinking about a home in 12 months, 18 months. It doesn't have to be next week. What should I start doing?" And we will direct you to the resources. But we have lots of self-paced resources available at www.bankofamerica.com forward slash homeowner. So lots of resources, and then we have, a phone again, the phone number, or you can go into the financial center, but we are here and available. We like to customize that to the individual. You know, there's kind of general guidelines, but so we really want to know what's going on with that client.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know this is a really short interview, but can I ask you a question? Um, what are you seeing with trends right now? I mean, this is a very, very attractive opportunity for people and it sounds like what y'all are doing is responding to the market. And what I mean by that, the neighborhood, you know, what, what are people in neighborhoods and neighborhood communities saying to you?
3: They're saying, um, uh, one, we needed this. And um, how does it work? Just like you're asking. Mm -hmm. And can you like, pinch me because i something I, I can't believe it and we prove over and over again it is true and we actually mm-hmm. this is another point we go in and participate in home buyer workshops working with the community leaders and mm-hmm. working with the neighborhood to demystify face-to-face what this looks like so we can really get people prepared short-term and long-term for home ownership so that's literally what we're doing and um it is uh people are just scared. They don't know. And so we're trying to demystify the whole process. That's really been our focus. And this is a mechanism for us to do that, which is through our community home ownership commitment.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, is this, this is for first time buyers. Is that correct? Or is it for general?
3: Well, it's typically first time buyers are the ones that struggle the most with closing yep. costs and down payment because they don't have a property to sell. However, yep. Um, If you're making a purchase and it's your primary residence, it's also eligible. Yeah. You don't have to be a first time home buyer.
2: Yeah. And there are a lot of us, you know, those of us right here that are really have put a lot of time and effort into growing our business. We haven't perhaps owned a home in, I don't know, like 30 years. So that's almost like a first time buyer
3: is and a lot's <laughs> changed in 30 years, right? And I no think people kidding. still think you got to put 20% down and so thank you for clarifying. It is for a home purchase, your primary residence. You don't have to be a first-time home buyer. It is designed to help people to, uh, create sustained home build financial wealth long-term and emotional uh, moments that matter in their home.
2: Well, I got to tell you this is exciting. One last question, again to say the website, but I re- really one last question is this probably some things I didn't ask you are things people should know. What would you say to folks? What are some of the things I left out?
3: Well, I think it's never, uh, the, the question around, you know, the student debt stopped me from getting a home. Yep. Um, a lot of times people think that's the case. That's not the case. That's why you want to speak to a specialist because I think, you know, people are urban myths around what, what can get you in and out of the opportunity of getting a home. So I think yep. that's one of the urban myths. And then the other thing is be transparent you have to be transparent with the teammate that's assisting you so that we can understand, you know, your current situation. If you need to remediate things, we can help with that as well. And so just transparency because we're committed to sustain homeownership and we want to do it the right way. Uh, well, so I, that's what I would just share uh, with people. Mm-hmm. And then I can give the website again. Yes, please. Uh, www.bankofamerica.com forward slash homeowner. And then the phone number, if you would like to call, is 1-800-763-4820. Or you can visit one of our financial centers in your marketing community.
2: Okay, this is really so, so significant and so very important. And it also breeds new hope into people that have really put this aside. And I love what you said about the student debt because that is, by the way, when you ask people, they don't even look If they have any student debt whatsoever, they don't even put their name in the hat because they automatically exclude themselves. And that's the trend that I'm seeing.
3: Absolutely.
2: All right. Thank you, AJ. You rock. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah. This is exciting, everybody. Go ahead and check it out at Bank of America. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you your story or can you change your story? Can you change what you believe to be true about
3: yourself and your circumstances as part of your healing journey? What if you were to change your expectations? What if you were to invite ease and cooperation into every day and then step back and see what happens? It might just be easier. I'm Megan Edge, and I hope that you'll join me on my new radio show, Playing on the Edge, Radical Change with Ease with my co-host Dr. Pat on Transformation Talk Radio.
1: I look forward to seeing you there.
0: Want to find out more about Megan Edge? Visit her website at meganedge.ca.
2: Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to Dr. Patcho, also Transformation Talk Radio. This is actually part of our good news segment. So one of the things you've heard me talk about, especially as I talk about, you know, my background and you know my culture where where my family comes from, you know, sometimes we think about what goes on in our pop culture, in our mainstream, and we forget about those of us that have an indigenous background. And what we've learned from rituals, what we've learned about honoring ourselves. And I'll tell you one thing. This show is really groundbreaking because I have two very, very special people, uh, Dr. Kara King and CeCe Jones Davis, joining me here today because we are talking about something that's so important to women. And I mean women of multi-generations, but especially important as we look at women the Gen Zers and others that are coming to, you know, the forefront of our culture. And one of the things that I want to say about this is we need to look at breaking the taboo on periods, period. And why is that? Because it's so deeply embedded in guilt and shame and lack of confidence in who we are and loving our bodies and loving how we show up in the world. And we're not getting much help from society. So let's get at this right now. Thank you both for joining me here today. Thank
4: you. Thank Absolutely. you for having us. Thanks for having us.
2: You know, look, um, for, for mainstream America, what we're about to talk about now, they are like uh Really, there are other cultures that really honor women going through the moon cycle. Yeah, they are. So let's talk about from each of your perspective, you know how African American women are affected by uh, this menstrual cycle, but the taboo. And I and I and taboo is really, I think, putting it lightly. I think taboo is like one word that we look at. But, man, I'm telling you that we are talking about affecting the confidence and self-worth of women at the very core level. What do you say about that? What do you say about that, Dr. King?
4: So I I 100% agree. Um, This – having a period, menstrual cycle, menstruation, monthly, whatever term you, you know, ascribe to this – this normal bodily function, it's, it's normal, Mm. right? You know, it's a normal function of our bodies. So why would it ever be something we should be ashamed of? And so I, you know, I'm really happy that I partner with um, Tampax with the live radiant campaign Mm -hmm. because we're able to turn, turn the narrative around. We're able to turn the narrative from one of shame, stigma, Mm -hmm. um, we don't talk about that, we do this in secret, you know, we don't need to bring that up, it's hush-hush, to, no, this is something that's completely normal, it's going to affect our lives for many years to come, um, and it may affect the lives of, of our daughters, our granddaughters, you know, in generations to come, let's change the narrative so that they're they're empowered to, of their bodies. There's no need to be ashamed of something that's just natural and something that, you know, we've talked, you know, we've gone through this campaign, something that brings forth life. Like if it's not for, our, for the menstrual cycle, we don't have future generations to, to come behind us. So um, I think it's just so important that we're able to, you know, use these platforms to hopefully change the narrative of, you know, period shame, stigma, taboo, mm-hmm. and any other negative connotations that may come with, with the period.
2: Yeah. Um, Cece, thank you for joining me here today. You know, let's talk sure. about who, who you are. And thank you, Dr. Kent. Let's talk about who you are. And let's talk about the, the term Equity advocate. When we're talking about women, and, and 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 one of the most natural of natural of processes you can even imagine, right? What does yeah, this mean to absolutely. you? Yeah, tell me about this. What it means to you, and also tell me what we need to change here.
5: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, let me say this. Thank yeah. you so much for. Um, you know, this opportunity to talk about something that I feel like is so important. Mm -hmm. I've been doing um, menstrual advocacy work for uh, five or six years now, and it's because I came to an awareness after reading an article that women and girls around the world um, do not have the equities they need in order to um uh, move forward socially move forward economically and how so much of that is just rooted in being female right yeah. and uh, obviously what comes along with 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 being a woman is men- uh, the menstrual cycle and so so many women, because of inadequate sanitation, are not able to go to school every, for five days a month or however long, not able to go to work for five days or however long, and how that really, really damages and impacts women and girls' movement in society over time. And so and applied here in the United States, what we find is that we might not have the same barriers to, for example, um, sanitary um, products um that some someone in other countries uh would but we still have a lot of stigma we still have a lot of taboos that we have to address and work through and on top of that we do have vulnerable women and girls um you know who are homeless or who are running uh, from domestic violence situations and the last thing that they can think about is menstruation um you know, we have folks, of course, women and girls at the border who, um, whose menstruation hasn't stopped just because they're in the desert somewhere. Um, and so, you know, this is really is a social, social issue. And so when we talk about equity, it really is about leveling the playing field so that women are not penalized in the world for being women. Um, girls are not penalized for being girls. And so I'm really, um, I'm really really proud um, that Tampax has created a platform um, through the Live radiant campaign to talk about this um, to do these having these kinds of conversations today, having these kind of conversations online because i i I do believe that women in general, but, but black women in, mm-hmm. uh, in particular, yeah. have a lot, of, um, a, a lot of layers to kind of shed around menstruation.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. And in and, and, and so, many, so many ways, right? I mean, you know, look, when we, when we as kids grow up and we see this firsthand and we get the impact of it firsthand, one of the things that happens is it affects us. And what do I mean by affects us? And I want to go back to you, Dr. King, on this. Um, Mm -hmm. You must be in front of women 24-7. And you probably know firsthand psychological, emotional, right, impacts Mm -hmm. of not feeling a sense of pride for who you you are, right? You you know what I'm saying here? A sense of pride for who you are.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just in general, in the space of women's reproductive health, um, I see women all, I mean, I'm a gynecologist, so that's all Mm -hmm. I see is women. Um, But, you know, I see women all the time who, you know, come in and they, you know, they can't even say the word vagina. And, you know, I'm like, this is part of your body. You know, they can't, they don't have the words, they don't have the capacity at times to express what's going on with their bodies. And I think most of the time, it it really just stems from lack of education. If no one ever told you that you're gonna start getting your period, it happens once a month, you may have some pain, um, this is what you can use, tampons are okay to use if that's what you desire to use. Um, you know, if no one is just telling you like the bare basics, then you go forward in life kind of trying to figure things out on your own. And, you know, so not only as a younger person, if that happens, once you get older, that may translate into other women's health issues. I mean, I have women that sometimes I see for heavy menstrual bleeding. Um, and they'll say, you know, I'll say, well, how long has this been going on? Oh, maybe about five years. And I'm like, well, what made you come in now? You know, it's, it's been five years. But you know, there's like I just thought it was normal. Well, I just I just thought it was normal until I you know I passed out or until I went into the emergency room and they told me I needed a blood transfusion or what have you. And so the same thing applies to menstrual periods in general. You know, the more awareness that we can provide people with, then they have that education. They know what's normal. They know what may you know, require some medical attention or so, or just asking a question to make sure, like, is this normal for my body and getting some clarification. But we have to be able to have the platform to have these conversations in order for that to even be able to go forth, in order for people to even realize, oh, let me follow hashtag live Radiant online and see what people are talking about. Let me see what other people's experiences were. Were they like mine? If not, does that mean there's something wrong with me? Okay, let me open up and ask more questions so I can get more information. So that's, that's really what we're trying to do here.
2: It is. Uh, Let's talk about what you've discovered along the way, CC, for a minute. And I know this is such a short interview. I got like I got four minutes here to talk to you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got to zip right through this. But that's that's unfortunate because okay. it's not the kind of topic that I think we need to zip right through. I think it's the kind of topic that affects young girls at a very young age, and they carry that with them for a really long time. And you're right yeah. about thanking Tampax for this because the bottom line is that This is something that we need to correct at some of the most vulnerable years of our lives. Do you know what I'm saying? So talk to that, Cece, if you could. Absolutely. Yeah,
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, I think that this campaign is needed and um because you know there are young girls who are just on the cusp of experiencing maturation and going through the processes of learning what menstruation is all about and what they need to use and etc and then you're right you use the exact word it is a vulnerable time and so to have somewhere um and since we are so social media driven these days to have a platform that really creates an opportunity for girls to go and learn and read and ask questions, I think is is extremely important. And the more we educate, the less vulnerable uh, we will be. And so, you know, I am all about as early as possible, young girls understanding their bodily functions, young girls understanding how to use um, tampons and products, things that will help them move through their lives with as much freedom as possible. I'm all about that. Um, because, you know, these experiences, when they go wrong, can be very scarring. You know, a lot of us have stories about, you know, being young young and menstruating and something horrible happened that we never forgot. And so the, the more we educate, you know, and the more we normalize what's normal, um, the better we're going to all be.
2: Yeah, I want to thank you both. Can you give us a website for people to find out more? And then I have one last question for each of you. I want to know what your personal message is, because this really is personal. I mean, we, yeah. could, we could talk about it not being personal, but that's like not being real. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so okay. website and then personal I'll give you this. message. Yep. yep.
5: Okay, so we want to um, send folks to social media, to Instagram and Twitter, uh, to follow Tampax. The hashtag to follow is hashtag live radiant. And um, there you can find out all kind of information. But then uh, what is my message? My message is to normalize, normalize the normal. If This is time for us to really um, open up um, and become, uh, I guess, vulnerable in a way and have conversations that um, help people to live better and more freely and more healthy lives.
2: Mm, Thank you. Personal message and I would, yeah, go ahead.
4: Yeah. I would say, um, you know, and this is, this is something that I tell my patients Mm -hmm. just to get to know your body. It is, it's the only body you're going to have. It's going to be with you as long as you live and to get to know your body and be aware of the changes that happens that happen in your body. And that includes your periods. Um, There's nothing abnormal about it. It's something that all women will go through. So get to know your bodies. You know, I have women that come in and, you know, they say they won't use tampons or things like that because, oh, I don't want to touch down there. And I say, it's your, it's your body. You're not, you know, touching a foreign object or another person. So just get to know your body. Be open to answer, asking questions. If you're not sure, that's the only way, that's the only way we learn. And again, us being able to provide this platform for education will hopefully help foster a sense of normalizing the normal, um, and people getting to know their bodies and what happens with their periods.
2: Awesome. Thank you. I want to thank you both for this. And I hope, you know, thank you that you march on and let's make sure that we're addressing this and stand in tall and proud. Stand in tall and Absolutely. proud Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for having us. I was giving you a new tagline for you to like now say on the next interview, okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: standing tall and proud thank you both. Yes, yes 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 thank you thank both. you all right let's take a short break everybody we'll be right back
1: <laughs> people often ask what does it mean to thrive on thrive by gen radio it means body confidence mind fulfillment and soul synchronicity Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat show. You know, many times, uh, one of the things that we've shared is that there are so many ways, especially on this show, that we have talked about how we can help the men and women who have served our country. Um, You know, our involvement here goes as far back as interviewing Congressman McDermott, when he was in office and talking about this from the state of Washington's point of view. Today, though, this is a conversation that many people don't know about. What is it about our four-legged heroes uh, and serving our nation's veterans that we know? What don't we know? And what's the call to action? Joining me here today is Bobby Bones, national radio host, American auto mentor and proud military supporter. Um, Bobby, look, there are things that we know about support for our vets, and then there are things we don't know. And I do think that this is one of those things we don't know and we need to talk more about. What's your assessment?
0: Well, I think uh, a lot of our heroes, a lot of our vets are, are serving and they come back. And you know, I think, you know, depending on where you look at the stats, about 30% of them come back with some sort of PTSD. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times people don't know. They don't ask. They're confused as to, as to what's happening with them. And we've just really started to see uh, how this can really, you know, affect someone's life. And so what I've been doing, what Dog Chow's been doing, and now we're doing it together, is trying to provide service dogs to members of our military that come back with PTSD. And so, you know, for me, you know, I've been working with them closely for years, again, and so has, so has Dog Chow. And it's, uh, I tell you, Dr. Pat, it is so expensive to get somebody in the military a service dog because something that I didn't know until I started working firsthand was, it's about fifteen dollars to $20,000 just to get someone, one of these dogs, to help them acclimate back to some sort of normalcy. You know, they're not asking for anything crazy. It's just, you know, they've been serving us, and so how can they kind of get back into civilian life and try to have a somewhat normal life? And the fact that it costs this much to get a dog to help them, I thought was staggering. And so, you know, it's, it's really my pleasure to team with Dog Chow and try to make a difference in lives.
2: And, you know, and, and you're bringing up a really good point. And there, there's also a point that we now know, especially from the field of psychology, and that is the emotional uh, support our dogs make, not just to uh, our military, but the science and the research really addresses uh, how this level of companionship, this knowing that these dogs are here and they are here for you—that is something. It's very hard to put words and or, or a price tag on. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I do, and I can tell you that now. Um, I work with the military now, but for me, I guess about 14 or 15 years ago, you know, I was diagnosed with having PTSD. Yep. you know, I had been uh, held at gunpoint, I had been jumped a couple times, I have a pretty public profile, so I had all these incidents happen and um, I was having nightmares and was really struggling and, and my therapist was like, hey, you need to get a dog because it can really help your mental well-being. And that at the time was the first I'd ever heard of that. Now, I, that wasn't even me serving overseas. I didn't do that, so I can only imagine what they're coming home with. You know, uh, I was working uh, and with Dog Child, I was working with David and David had been protecting the president and he was so trained on being hyper-aware. Like you, you can only imagine what they train you to do if you're actually protecting the President of the United States. And so he comes back, and as he's trying to get into civilian life, you've got to imagine every loud noise or every pop or every, you know, that really affects him. He was having nightmares at night. And so his service dog, Katie, uh, was able to, one, comfort him constantly, but also when he has nightmares, to lay on his chest. You know, a lot of these things that he didn't know he was going to be suffering from, he was, but Katie has really been doing a great job at helping him with that. And, you know, a credit to, to Dog Chow. And, well, you know, he's part of this video that you can see if you go to dogchow.com slash service. And, you know, it, it's David and other heroes actually talking about their heroes, which are their service dogs. So, you, you, you know, you bring up a wonderful point And, you know, it's something that, that we together are hoping to, to try to help him out
2: with. And, and, you know, the point that I think we're making here is that this is a call to action because, you know, there is a cost to this. And so part of this is, you know, being able to raise funds so that our vets can get this kind of support. And it's really daunting when you think about it, right? Uh, Our folks, men and women, go serve. They come back and, you know, really sometimes struggle to get the kind of support they really need. You know, if it wasn't for you all and Dog Chow coming out here and really shining a light on this, a lot of folks wouldn't even know about this. I mean, they wouldn't. It's so far under the radar. Um, I want to ask you this. What was it about you that, you know, I mean, first of all, you're, you're busy. You're a very busy guy. But what was it about this where you said, I've got to get involved? What, what nerve did this hit for you?
0: Well, for me, I'm very appreciative, and, I, and you are too, Dr. Pat, where we get to do what we do because our military is over-serving us and protecting our rights and our freedoms. Yep. And, you know, for me, there's been so much with the military, you know, from uh, our veterans would come back wounded, and they wouldn't be able to even walk around their house. So, you know, my radio show has helped build houses for our military members, and, and we put mm-hmm. flags at appropriate cemeteries. And so as I would get further and further involved with our military, I would talk to so many guys and girls that would come back and have PTSD and be dealing with it, and that's. And I also was just a huge dog guy and had a dog for my own PTSD. So all the pieces started to kind of fall together, and I was, you know, doing my deal. We were buying dogs for service members. Uh, dog Chow was doing their deal, and you know, this is the second year that they've they've done this service dog awareness campaign. And so this year we were like, well, we're both working toward the same goal. Why don't we work together? And so it kind of came together organically, and. You know, I'm very proud to to be an ambassador and be working with Dog Chow, and, and very proud to you know t- to tell people that if they go to the store and they're buying dog food, that those specially marked bags of Dog Chow help our military members get service dogs. Like I said, they definitely aren't free. And working with Tony Larusa Animal Rescue, where they're rescuing dogs and putting them in great homes, so you can you can get a bag of Dog Chow. I mean, you're going to get dog food anyway. Why not get a great, kind of dog food that's going to help? And also go into that website, DogChow.com/service.
2: And you know, let's talk about some of the, the the instances we're talking about. I've talked about this statistics more times than I can even imagine. But we are really talking, according to the National Institute of Health, thirty percent of uh, of of our American military veterans experience PTSD uh, after returning, and only about forty percent, you know, seek help. Now we know why. Those of us here that have been very, very close to statistics about this, we now know why. I think, number one, that 30% is understated. I think it's understated and underreported. You know, what can we do to make this something that our service people say, look, I do need help. How can I become part of this? Is there a service dog for me?
0: Well, I think a big part of it, as you know, is erasing the stigma that uh, having help with your mental health is bad. You know, for me, I grew up in a really small, poor town in Arkansas, and to to think about going to somebody for mental health was not always looked at as the best, or there wasn't education about it. But now that people are talking and you know, we're talking about it here, I think it's been um, you know, uh, further examined I- even inside of our military. Like, the more that we can actually address it and say, hey, not only is it okay, but it's recommended, and you know, it kind of brings a normalcy to people searching out uh, and-, and seeking help with their mental health, I-, I think all that's a positive. But again, we're dealing with an issue right now, and as much as we like to change the culture of it, yep. the, the culture changes time. Uh, a culture changes you know, a, a generation even. But what we can do right now is what we're trying to do, you know, at, at even this moment, and it's helped directly help our military members that are coming back today, tomorrow, next month, last year, that are dealing with PTSD. And at the same time that we're, you know, providing dogs and raising funds, we're also doing that cultural change and educating people that, one, uh, not only is it okay to ask for help, but you should ask for help all the time because if, if we're all mentally healthy, then we're living longer lives and we're able to help others too.
2: Well, you know, look, I want to thank you for everything you're doing. Uh, Please, please let folks know how they can find out more, how they can get involved. And then my last question to you is, what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today?
0: Well, I would say first you can check out the website because there's a video there that uh, it's not even so much about dog food. It's about our heroes in the military and and they're writing letters to their heroes, which are these dogs that have really affected their lives in a positive way. And so that is at dogchild.com slash service. So check it out. And if you're moved by it, share it on social media. I know that I was and I did. And so, you know, my personal message today, I mean, we're talking so much about mental health that, you know, everybody is worried about investing all of their time and money into physical health. I mean, I, I think mental health is, is just as, if not more important than that. And, you know, uh, it's to slowly erase the stigma that anything mental health re- uh, regarded is, is bad or negative. And I think encouraging, you know, your friends or your family to also feel the same way is a good thing. So I guess that kind of be my message, you know, as we're wrapping up here.
2: Yeah, I want to thank you. Thank you so much. Really, really very important message. Can't say enough about it. Those of us that have known about PTSD for our vets uh, firsthand, we also know what we can do about it. Thank you so much, Bobby. Let's take a short break. Everybody will be right back. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the dog consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. Tap
0: into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com.
2: Welcome everyone. Welcome to our good news segment. You know, we like to bring you information right out of the gate. And what that means is the best of the best innovations that generally you would have to really wait to find out about. Today is that day. Joining me here today is Dr. Linda Porter, Director, Office of Pain Policy at the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, and is here to talk about what this new pediatric migraine app is all about. Uh, Dr, Dr. Porter, great to have you here. Let's start with the conversation about migraines, uh, if we could. What is it okay. that is now prompting this kind of innovation?
1: Uh, so the innovation is, really comes from research that we've done with our investigative teams at NIH that tells us that healthy lifestyle changes and certain behavioral approaches to migraine can help children and, and adults as well uh, reduce the, the frequency and the intensity of their headache. So it's, it's really to help them control the disorder and make it more manageable for them and, and, and help to keep it from interfering so much with their lives.
2: And, and, and so, are we seeing? Uh, well, this is just my sort of common knowledge or common, yeah, information. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. Are we seeing an increase in migraines? Or and what I mean by that is not just an increase in certain age groups or certain people that are maybe predisposed, but across the board.
1: So it, I think it helps a little bit to understand that migraine itself is an mm. inherited disorder. So it's mm. it's caused by genetic changes that you get from your parents, and so the disorder itself is probably not increasing in prevalence across the population. However, um, the symptoms that are associated with migraine include what we think of as, as migraine. It's it's a it's a headache. Um, or what the doctors might call migraine attacks and and those may be becoming more frequent um, not only in children but in adults as well because of our busy lifestyles the stresses that come up in our lives Uh, sometimes we forget to to eat appropriately sometimes we forget to have enough water during the day and all those things um, where we really don't take care of ourselves as well as we can can, um, can trigger the headaches associated with migraine.
2: Um, and I think this is really, uh, for, for most people, this is kind of a new conversation, unless you're in the middle of it. Because one of the things that I hear from time to time from parents is, nine times out of ten, they don't actually believe their children in, in a way. And so what we're talking about is really getting information out there so that parents could have their children really uh, uh, evaluated to see what's going on, you know. I mean, Yeah. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yes, I do. And I, I think that's a really important note. So so headaches in children are, are not normal. Um, and if they are frequent, mm. then it's time to really go – and see a physician, um, and make sure that some kind of interventions are put into play. And one of those interventions is the help of something as, as simple and as easily accessible as as our migraine trainer.
2: Mm-hmm. Tell us about the migraine trainer, because, you know, I, I'm a fan of apps. As a matter of fact, we just have our app that just came out, and we're developing Uh, um, uh, an app for, and it's actually on the verge of AI for Lyme disease awareness, so I'm all about the app. Tell us about it and what it does.
1: Great. Um, So the Migraine Trainer is an app that was developed for children Mm -hmm. and in part by children and adolescents. Um, It it gives uh, some educational material for the kids so that they understand why they have headaches and what they should expect. It also gives them an opportunity to put information into the app and store it there that tracks um, their day-to-day activities, such as um, meals or meals skipped, uh, not hydrating enough, not regular exercise, all the things that can contribute to triggering a headache. It also tracks when they got their headaches how intense it was, how long it lasted, what related symptoms they had. And so putting those two things together over time can be really helpful to the children, especially if they work with their doctor, to help them understand and identify what might trigger a headache. So um, all these stressors or lack of meals might not necessarily trigger a headache but it might contribute to having that headache more frequently. So in that regard, it can be really helpful. The other thing the app offers is some techniques to help them when they're having a headache that are relaxation techniques and exercise techniques, um, but also to help them with lifestyle changes that can help reduce the number of headaches they get and, and the disability as far as the intensity of the headaches that they get.
2: Um, you know, in the world that you live in, right, I mean, you know, you are not just, you're an advocate, but you're more than that. You're, you're somebody that is seeing what goes on with children um, every day. I, I want to ask you, what is the impact of this level of pain? Because we are talking about pain. I just want to be clear here, right? You know, we are right. talking about something that affects uh, uh, those 13 and older And, you know, from my perspective, when that does happen, there is no real way to control it without what we're talking about here today. But it is pain, yeah?
1: Yeah, so the headache part of migraine can be very severe and very frequent in some children. And so, um, and and just a little point of information is that these headaches can start uh, well before age 13. So even young children... Um, will have migraines, sometimes undiagnosed or undetected. Um, But the pain can be very severe, very disabling, and so the children need to build up a set of tools uh, to help them either cope with that pain, which can take them out of school or out of their sports activities. Um, It can really begin to interfere with their lives. So adopting healthy lifestyles, which is in the app it's outlined. Um, sometimes the need for medications when they're having a headache or um, medications that can help prevent a headache uh, can also be helpful for these children. We're, we're finding that the preventive medications that they've been given in the past may not be particularly helpful but these lifestyle, lifestyle and behavioral approaches can be equally or, or better for them.
2: Um. I know our time is short. Um, one of the things I did want to make sure we cover here and, uh, and to talk about uh, in, in a little bit more detail is, first of all, how can people find out about the app? I don't want to go too far without forgetting, uh, forgetting to, to, for you to share that with people.
1: Sure. So um, these are free. The app is free, and you can get it on your app stores, including Google, Google Play. You can find information on it on our website, which is ninds.nih.gov, um, which also has information on headaches more generally, uh, just to, to make them understand, uh, give them more information about the disorder itself.
2: Uh, so I want to be clear for people. we're're t- we're, what we're talking about is one out of every ten kids, ages five through fifteen experience migraines. one one out, one out of ten. right?
1: That's a big dollar. Well,
2: mm-hmm. yes. It is a giant number. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of kids. Uh, I want to ask ask you this, because most of this has to do with educating. And and let me just tell you where I'm going for a minute. It has to do with schools. It has to do with parents. But doesn't this also have to do with doctors? Because I think, you know, it's great to get the school on your side, your mom on your side. But if you can't talk to your doctor about this, uh, game over
1: yeah and and those conversations with your doctor are incredibly helpful so the the app itself allows the children to email the information that they've tracked to their doctors. So when they meet with their doctor, the doctor can look through that and say, "'Look, if you skip dinner every Tuesday night and you don't drink any water on Wednesday morning, um you know those kind of that kind of information is helpful to the doctor to give the kids some coaching. Um, which will reinforce the coaching in the migraine trainer to help them um, better manage their headaches. So, yeah, the, the doctor is an important piece of this conversation.
2: Um, one last thing. Please give out your website again, and then, you know, what's a personal message? What do you want to leave us with that we haven't talked about, if you don't mind? And thank you for doing this today.
1: Yeah, so, so first uh, the website is NINDS. And I I think the messaging is, is that it's important for parents and children to understand why their children are having headaches. Again, this is a heritable disorder and it's not, you know, it's not the fault of the child and that the getting treatment, getting it early can be incredibly helpful. So the doctor's a big part of that, the parents are a big part of that. And tools like the migraine trainer are also a big part of that treatment approach.
2: Wow. Thank you so much. Please, website, one last time.
1: ninds.nih.gov.
2: Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break, everybody. Please get educated about this. And the next time, you know, your child or grandchild says something that relates to what we're talking about, something that relates to a headache, maybe you just want to stop a minute and listen we can do that
3: the preceding audio was via a skype call